iHeritage family, friends, and honored guests, we are so glad that you have joined us for worship today. No matter if you're connecting on your phone, your tablet, your computer, your TV, or maybe you're watching from your bunk at the Kwani Life Skills Reentry Center, we are so glad that you are joining us for worship today. If you've connected with us in the past, you might recognize me as normally holding a guitar or have a piano underneath my fingers. But as a pastor on team here, it's my distinct privilege to be able to lead us in worship through the many weeks that we have been gathering on the online experiences. And some of you can look at us as pastors in those moments in time and go, wow, I think they've got it all together. Life is good. They're happy. They're smiling all the time. Things are good. And let me encourage you that as we continue to talk through these seasons that we all are going through in life, that we as your pastoral team and staff are doing that right alongside of you. There are times that we have great joy and great exuberance and things are going well, but there are also times that we doubt that we have troubles and difficulties just like you. And so we love to create experiences for us to be able to connect and journey together as we together go through those experiences. And so there are a number of ways that you can continue to connect beyond our online experiences here. You can call our Pray With a Pastor line. If you just need somebody to talk with, maybe you just need to vent to somebody about things going on in your life, or you need some help or resources, our Pray With a Pastor line is always available for you to guide you along on that next step of connection. Maybe you're wrestling with some of the big questions of life right now, like looking around at our world and saying, where is God in the middle of all of this pandemic, all the troubles and circumstances we find ourselves in? We're asking a lot of those questions as well as we do our virtual study called God and the Pandemic. And it's a great place to wrestle with those questions in community because those questions are big and they're not great to wrestle with by yourself in isolation. So join in a virtual community, a place of connection, to walk through those questions as you seek truth together. And if you're looking for a space to connect in face-to-face -face with our pastoral team, or maybe you just want to sit and worship with people around you, singing and gathering together as the body of Christ, you're always invited to join us on one of our Sunday services. You can find information about all three of those opportunities at heritageqc.com at any point in time. But for right now, I'd invite you just to do one thing. Take a big, deep breath in and breathe out and know that you are loved. You may not know why you are here today. You may not even know why you turned on the TV, or why you clicked on to join us for worship today, but God has a plan for this time for you. So I invite you to lean in with us, step forward, sing with us, read your word as we sing and worship as we pray together and as we learn together what God has to say to us today. Let's worship together. Darkness, cause in the midst of the darkness, you're the light. 
Nos viniste a rescatar. 
través de una virgen eligiste tu nacer y del trono descendiste un pesebre siendo
Well, hey, friends. Uh, Last week, Pastor Beth gave a great message, and one of the central truths that she talked through with us is to remind us that uh, we are all in some type of season right now in our lives, and that each season that we are in, God is able to reveal His purposes in us. And Pastor Beth encouraged us to stay in the moment that we're in, right? To, To receive whatever it is that God has for us in this present moment. And, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of discipline that needs to happen to sort of stay in the moment. I, I don't know about you, but for me, I can kind of catch myself daydreaming about what's next, what's around the next corner, what's the next big thing, right? What, what's the next Star Wars movie that's coming out or, or what's the next vacation that, that I get to take? What's the next big thing? And it's very dangerous to live so future-oriented that you're missing out on what's going on in the present, that that God is doing something in us right now, and that today is the day that the Lord has made, that we should not only rejoice in it, as the scriptures say, but also to be constantly aware of how God is moving in us and through us. And so to that end, allow me just just to pray a prayer over us right now. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you for each new day that you have given to us. Remind us that each breath that we take is a gift of love from you. Help us to build a greater awareness of the season that we are currently in, to to rest in your presence and to look for how you're working and moving in our lives. Help us to rejoice in what you're doing, even if the current journey for us is full of sorrow or painful. Help us to resist the temptation to just rush ahead to the next season or or even to fall asleep to our current season. That, That we would stay fully awake and aware of how you are working and moving. God, we love you. You're the best. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've come to bring peace, to be love, to be nearer to us. You've come to bring light, to be light, to shine brighter in us.
Well, welcome, Heritage family. It is so great to be with you this weekend. And whether you are joining us in person at a Rock Island campus, or perhaps from your living room, or maybe you're with a group of friends in the basement, or or maybe you're just checking us out later on as you're driving down the road. Listen, I am so glad that you're here. And I want you to know today that it is not a mistake that you and I are sharing these moments together. In fact, long before you and I were even a thought in the minds of our parents, God knew that we would be sharing this time together in the midst of a unique season, a challenging season for many, exploring a promise that he offers to you and to me, regardless of what kind of season we're navigating today. And let me be clear, every single one of us are navigating a season of some sort as we gather this weekend. In fact, that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed over the last couple of weeks. If we've been taking a look at, at some of Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes chapter three, specifically where he's talking about the times in the seasons that we navigate. For, perhaps you remember it says this in verse one, where it says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. In fact, he goes on to talk about that there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a, a time to grieve, even a time to dance. So, and he goes on to even share any more moments in which we encounter seasons. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like over the last year, I have encountered everything that he talks about in verses one through eight. You know, I've had moments where I have laughed hysterically and moments where I have cried. I've had moments where, where I have grieved and I've had moments, yes, then even I have danced metaphorically and literally. And no, I am not dancing for you today. That's just not going to happen. You know, there's been moments where, where I just wanted to scream. And then there's been moments when I just sat speechless. And listen, I know today that for many of you, maybe you've encountered some of those same things. But what I know today is that you and I are navigating a specific season as we enter this time today. 
And there is a promise that God has for each of us. And so for some of us, listen, today we enter this time and we are in a season of breakthrough, a season of celebration where, where dreams that we've had for years are coming to fruition, where we're welcoming children into this world, or perhaps we've got a new job or a new promotion or our business is booming. For some of us, this is a season of celebration and breakthrough, while for others, this is a season of, of waiting, In fact, we're waiting to know whether or not we have a job at the end of of this week or waiting to see if the business will rebound or waiting on results from some type of health screening. So for some of us, it's 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 a little more of a difficult season. And then there's just a group of us where, let's just be honest, this season just stinks. All right, that's theological term. It just stinks. It's hard. We're, we're grieving the loss of relationships, the loss of jobs. Perhaps we're grieving the fact that somebody we love is, is moving away, or we're grieving the loss of the security that we once held before we entered 2020, or, or maybe we're even grieving the loss of a loved one. You see, we're all in the midst of a season, no matter if it's a good one or a challenging one. But I want to remind us of what we read in verse 11 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, where it says this. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. This scripture is saying that no matter what you and I are navigating today or tomorrow, the reality is that God wants to bring beauty out of that. You see, God's desire in his heart for us isn't to just merely survive in the midst of this season. His desire is that we would experience the beauty, the gift that is available in the season, no matter how difficult or how challenging it is. You see, God's heart for us isn't just to survive. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. In other words, God's saying, I don't just want you to survive this season. I want you to thrive. And you see, that's the promise that we're going to explore together today, that no matter what season you and I are navigating today, that we can thrive. Because the promise is is that thriving is possible in every season. Thriving is possible in every season. And, you know, as we look at Scripture, both Old Testament and New, it is chocked full of examples of, of men and women who, who show us and embody this promise and this truth. And, and in the moments that we have together today, we're going to just explore some seasons in the life of one of these people. In fact, as we jump in, we're going to get a front row seat in three specific seasons in the life of a man that we find in Acts chapter 8. And so I invite you, if you have your Bible, go ahead and grab that, turn or click to Acts chapter 8. We're going to get to verse 4 in just a moment. But what I want us to understand is that as we look at this man's life, that we are going to see the truth that thriving is possible in every season. So as you turn or click there to Acts chapter 8, I want to kind of catch you up to speed. What is happening in the midst of this story? You see, Jesus has come. He's lived a perfect life. He's hung on the cross, dying for your sin and for my sin. Three days later, he has rose again from the grave. And after having some time with his disciples and appearing to many, he ascends to heaven. And then in Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls and fills believers, followers of Jesus. And literally at this moment, the church, the followers of Jesus, is growing like gangbusters all throughout Jerusalem. But as the church begins to grow, the followers of Jesus also begin to encounter significant persecution. 
So much so, in fact, in the verses just preceding what we're going to read today, that one of their leaders, a man by the name of Stephen, is is stoned and martyred. He's killed for no other reason than his faith in Jesus. In this incident, this event begins a persecution which forces followers of Jesus to flee for their lives. They're scattered all throughout the neighboring villages and lands. And that's what's happening as we pick up in verse 4, Acts chapter 8. We read this. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. I love this passage of scripture because it doesn't speak about believers who are hiding or just trying to survive, but of believers who are saying, I'm going to thrive even in the midst of challenge. It goes on in verse five. It says, Philip, here he is. Philip, not the disciple Philip, but but Philip the deacon. He is one of the men who was selected in Acts chapter 6, who is full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who is going to lead the food distribution effort. It says, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and hid under a couple bushels of wheat. Is that what it says? No. No, Philip, who literally was, was running for his life. This is a hard season. This is a tragic season. Not only has he lost his safety, he's lost his friends, people that he loves that have run to other parts of the country. He literally finds himself alone, and he doesn't just say, hey, you know what, I'll wait till this passes to pursue thriving. That's not what Philip does. In fact, look what he does. It says this again. and says, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there, about the Messiah. You see, Philip, even in the midst of difficult and challenging and heartbreaking and tragic situations in the season, says, you know what? I'm not going to shirk back. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to hide. I'm not just merely going to look to survive, but I am going to trust God. I'm going to press in and thrive in the midst of difficult seasons. And you know what? As he does, as he begins to to press in, look what happens. Check it out in verse 6. It says, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Because Philip didn't shirk back, because he's told people about the good news about Jesus, he literally sees a shift in season in his life where he begins to experience something radically different, something that's marked by breakthrough and significant fruitfulness. It says they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Verse 7, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. I mean, can you picture this season right now? That Philip literally as a, as a preacher, as an evangelist, is, is sharing the good news about Jesus and people are responding to him. They're, they're eager to be around him. They're eager to listen. And not only that, literally the power in the presence of God is falling in which in moments when people are being delivered of demons and not just delivered, they're, they're running and screaming, just this powerful manifestation of God's power. And not only that, but the lame and the crippled are being healed, which is literally in that context was, was the, the, what was considered to be one of the most difficult things for, to be healed by natural course of life. In other words, things are happening that only can be described as God moving, as God's presence Falling. I mean, it is miraculous. In fact, as you read on, there's a story of Simon. Simon is a, like, he's a sorcerer, a magician who, who had been performing these signs and, and kind of trickery, so much so that the people in the city literally thought he was God. 
But even Simon is watching Philip and going, what Philip is doing is real. Like those lives are literally transformed. Those people are literally healed. And then it says this in verse 12. But now the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself, the one who others considered to be God, the one who had tricked other people, says Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he began following Philip wherever he went. And he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. I mean, wow. Can you see this? I mean, because Philip is walking in the midst of faithfulness, he is walking in a season of significant breakthrough where God's power is falling and literally things are happening that that only could be described as miraculous. Now, this is the kind of season that we like, isn't it? This is the season of thriving that we all look for. This is when the business that we're in, everything's going up and to the right, or or our boss can't promote us fast enough. This is the seasons of life in which our kids are are getting along, and not just getting along, they're picking up after themselves, right? I mean, these are the seasons that are so good that even the Bears, yes, the Chicago Bears are four in one. Now, let's be clear, that is simply miraculous, You see, these are the seasons of thriving that we all long to have. But thriving is possible in every season. And we see that, yes, in the midst of Philip's life in this season, but he was thriving not only now, but also in those moments when he was running and fleeing for his life. For his life. And you see, this isn't the only season that we're going to encounter in Philip's story. Because if this was the end, I think Philip would agree, like, that is awesome. Let's just stay in this season. But the reality is, is God was preparing Philip for something even different. But it was something that was was challenging. And it's, it's something that you and I encounter as well. In fact, let's take a look as we jump into verse 26. Keep in mind, Philip is in the midst of this large city where miraculous things are happening. People know who Philip is. And let me just tell you, Philip's kind of a big deal. And so in the midst of this, Philip is loving what is happening. But this is what it says, verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, time out. Can you imagine being Philip in this scenario? Things are fruitful. There is amazing, miraculous things happening. Miracles are being performed. People are placing their faith in Jesus and they're being baptized. Even people that think their gods are are stepping into relationship with Jesus. And yet in that moment, God through was either a vision or a, a dream in the night says, hey, Philip, I want you to leave the city and I want you to go to Gaza. I want you to go to a land a little bit further away. I want you to leave all of this stuff behind and go where I show you. Now, it's interesting here that the angel of the Lord tells him to go south down the desert road. You see, there were two roads that went from Jerusalem to Gaza. One went through communities that were much more populated, where there was people, where where things were happening, where there was activity. And then there was a second road, the desert road, that nobody was on that nobody was around. It was literally the one that was, was, was like people just avoided. And yet it's this road 
that the angel of the Lord not only tells Philip to leave his thriving ministry, a city that he loves, a, a ministry that's just going gangbusters, and not just to leave, but to go down a path that no one knows. I mean, I, I, I think of Philip going like, hold on, God, I'm a preacher. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of something really big here. I'm not really a desert walker, right? And yet it's in this situation where Philip has a choice. He can listen to God or he cannot. He can choose to just simply begrudgingly go along or he can say, God, I'm going to step in faithfulness with you, trusting that thriving is possible. And it's in this situation. He doesn't even know what he's going to do. But yet Philip shows us something really, really important because thriving is possible in every season. But what we have to understand about thriving is that thriving requires trusting, even when we cannot see or understand. Thriving requires trusting, even when we cannot see or understand. You see, I want to go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 for a minute. We read the first part of it earlier on in our time together, but it says this. I'll read the first part. Yet yeah, God has made everything beautiful in its own time. Now listen to the second half. He says, he has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, get ready to underline this in your Bible. Yet even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. People cannot begin to see God's work from beginning to end. You see, if we're going to thrive in these seasons of the unknown, the times in which it just doesn't make sense. Things just don't add up. We, we wouldn't have done it that way, or that's not our preference. That's, that's not really what we want to do, God. I, I want to stay here. I want to do this. I like what's happening. If we're going to thrive in those seasons, we have to be willing to trust God, even when we can't see or understand. You see, that's why in 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul says that we, followers of Jesus, Walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so Philip is an example to all of us that there are seasons and times where something happens that, that we just don't understand, that we just don't see or, or get why that would happen or why God would orchestrate that. I mean, in Philip's case, yes, it was a, a vision or a dream and telling him to go south. But, but for most of us, maybe today, it's when you lose that job unexpectedly or the business takes a nosedive in the midst of a pandemic or perhaps there's a software program that determines whether your role is needed or not or perhaps your, your marriage begins to struggle or, or, or something happens in the midst of your family and you're just going, God, I just don't understand. I wouldn't have done it that way. You see, even in those moments of heartache and hardship and confusion, thriving is possible. And we see that in the life of Philip. You see, God says, go south down the desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then look at verse 27. Let's look at how Philip responded. Verse 27, it just simply says, so he started out. So he started out. He didn't understand why he would be leaving a ministry that was thriving, where, where incredible things were happening. Philip didn't even know what he was going to do. The angel just simply said, go south down the desert road. He had no idea what was going on. But what Philip did is he trusted God. 
He trusted that even though he couldn't see it, even though he couldn't quite understand what was going on, that God was trustworthy, that God had been faithful before. And so for you and I, if we're going to thrive, we have to be willing to trust God even when we don't understand or we don't see. And you may ask, well, well what happened? What happened to Philip once he went down the desert road? And, and let me just kind of give you a short snapshot. Philip starts out, as we just read in verse 27, and, and as he does, he comes in the middle of the desert, comes along this, this caravan that is carrying uh, a highly influential leader in the, in the country of Ethiopia. And the Holy Spirit, as he's looking out and he sees this caravan, he just says simply, go run beside that chariot. And so Philip does. He obeys. He runs and he gets alongside this chariot when this Ethiopian official is reading the scripture out of Isaiah chapter 53. And within a matter of moments, Philip finds himself in the chariot with the Ethiopian official, literally leading this Ethiopian official to place his faith and his trust in Jesus. And within a matter of moments, this official stops the caravan and Philip finds himself in the water baptizing this Ethiopian official. And then for the first time in history, we see Philip teleported to somewhere else. Maybe not the first time in history, but the first time in the New Testament there. And it's this powerful moment where it says the Ethiopian official goes on rejoicing. And But what Philip doesn't know, and what I want us to understand, is that because Philip was willing to be faithful, because he was willing to trust God, even when he did not see or didn't understand maybe what God was up to, the gospel for the first time went to Africa. The gospel began to spread in Ethiopia and throughout Africa, all because Philip was willing to say, listen, even though I don't understand why you'd have me leave Samaria, a place where incredible things were happening, and go down a desert road to who knows where. The gospel, lives are being transformed, even to this day, in the country of Africa. It's a miraculous thing. You see, thriving is possible in every season. But if we're going to thrive, we have to be willing to trust God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we can't see, even when we can't understand. And I have to be honest with you, all of us today are navigating a season in which we don't know what's coming next. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We, you know, there's, there's, we do, some of us don't know if we're going to have jobs or not, right? We don't know whether or not how the election's going to turn out in just over a week. I mean, there are so many things that are unknown, almost like Philip, but what we can do today is we can grab hold of the promise that we can thrive, not just survive, and no matter what is coming. Because thriving is possible in every single season. Doesn't mean those seasons will be easy. Doesn't mean they're going to be the breakthrough seasons that, that Philip experienced in Samaria. But what it means is that God is faithful, that his promises are true in every season. And because of that, we can thrive. And so today, let me ask you, as we prepare to close, let me ask you to just simply take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit that in the midst of your season today, if there is a place where perhaps he is inviting you to trust him in levels that maybe you haven't trusted him before, maybe you're going through a season of life like Philip was when he was running for his life that just stinks, and you may not be running for your life, but you may be in a sense of a, in the midst of a, a time and a day in which it's just, 
You have loved ones that are no longer around. You have relationships that have been fractured. You have jobs that have been lost. and, And it seems like things are falling apart. And maybe today the Holy Spirit is inviting you to say, I trust you. Even though I can't see it. Even though I can't understand what you're doing. God, I believe that you make everything beautiful in its season. And maybe this is a time where the Holy Spirit's saying, will you just invite? Will you just trust me? Will you just express that trust? Maybe you're in a season today of great breakthrough where like Philip in Samaria, everything is going great for you. And this is the invitation where the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, I want to invite you to express gratitude to me. To express trust that everything that you are encountering today, everything that you are receiving and walking through is a gift from him. And maybe that's the invitation the Holy Spirit has for you today. Or maybe today you're in the midst of a season that, you know, like Philip, where you're, you can't quite make sense of what is coming. Where things are happening that just don't make sense. And today's the day where the Holy Spirit says, hey, listen, I don't just want you to trudge through the season. I want you to trust me. And may this be a moment in the coming minutes where you can just simply say, Holy Spirit, I trust you. I trust you. You've been faithful before. You'll be faithful again. And so what is it today that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to to, to surrender to him and to offer your trust to him, even when you can't see it, even when you can't understand it? And, you know, as you're considering that and you're just asking Holy Spirit what it is that he is inviting you into, I want to invite you in a moment. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite you to take a look at a story of one of our heritage family members whose name is Steve. And Steve is somebody that will look familiar to you. He's led us in worship um, on, the, on the platform and, and even in our digital environments. But I want to share this story of Steve, where Steve stepped into a new season of retirement, one in which he had all kinds of plans and dreams and hopes, but one in which he encountered things that he didn't expect, in which the season was, was rather than one of great celebration and jubilee, was one in which it was really difficult. But I want you to listen for the moments that he encounters God's faithfulness, where he thrives in the midst of the season, even when he didn't understand, even when he couldn't see. Listen for the moments where he expresses his trust in God's. Let me pray and then check this story out. Heavenly Father, we thank you that it is possible to thrive in every season. And it's possible because you're with us. And so, Lord, I pray for each of us today, no matter what season we're in, Holy Spirit, would you show us what it means to trust you in greater levels than ever before. And God, may we see you do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine, both in this season and in the season ahead. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen and amen. Hi, my name is Steve Foster, and this is the season that I had in caring for uh, both my aging dad and my mother-in-law. Uh, In January of 2019, my wife and I both retired, and quickly thereafter, my dad uh, was admitted into the nursing home out in Geneseo because my mom just couldn't handle him anymore. He would fall, and she couldn't get him up. And shortly thereafter, my wife went down to Texas because uh, she had heard rumors that her mom was failing in health down there. And um, she brought her back and things became very busy and we found ourselves doing things that either we never thought we would do or things that I just didn't want to do. 
I would leave there sometimes hopeful. I would leave there sometimes burdened or saddened. Um, that was just two of the emotions that I experienced. Uh, I experienced a whole gamut of emotions, anger and frustration, fatigue. I'd come home and my mother-in-law would be up and Vicki would be up with her and uh, they would be having breakfast. And uh, I, could, I could see that Vicki was already exhausted from her morning of having to take care of her mom. As uh, Vicki's mom got older, uh, things were declining rapidly, and my dad was declining just as quickly uh, to the point to where I would have my clothes laid out on the edge of the bed waiting for that call. And at the same time, I would get angry because um, I was retired, and my wife was retired, and we should be able to go do whatever we wanted to do. And our parents was taking up our time, and then I'd feel guilty because I felt like that. And uh, I believe those feelings are normal. They're a part of it. Um, because you're, you're dealing with something that's really not in your control. And all you can do is just be there and comfort them. It was a different season. It was uh, one that, uh, until you've gone through it, until you've gone through it, you can't tell somebody else how to do it. Dad started to decline rapidly, and he passed away in October. And that was before the COVID pandemic and everything. So we were able to have a visitation and a funeral. And that kind of gave me closure. Um, probably shortly after Christmas or in January, um, Vicki's mom became too much for us to handle health-wise. So we moved her into a facility. And right then, March 17th, everything shut down. So then we were relegated to visiting her through windows, couldn't have any uh, contact with her. And uh, that was tough. And, um, and then May, we got the phone call. I'd, I'd do it again. Yeah. This is hard. I wouldn't trade it. We've got time. You know, we've got time to travel and do whatever we want to do. I think it was good <clears throat> that um, we were there for our parents. I love to worship. Loved to sing, loved to play. 1974, my dad bought that bass, and uh, I borrowed it in 1983, and never got it back to him. So uh, every time I play the bass, uh, I kind of think about that. When I'm when I'm serving on the worship team, I I, I lose myself in worship. Kind of put an end to a lot of this season, and now. Vicki and I, I think, are ready for the next season that God has in front of us. We will try to attack it with the same gusto that we did this season. And I know God will bless us for it.
faithful God. Yes, you are. God of Abraham. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my
Chain, oh God, you have to. 